you go into your shower feeling tired. But as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later, because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. Hey, everyone. This is Jody Sweeten from the podcast How Rude, Tanneritos. I've been needing a quick getaway with my family, and the 2024 Hyundai Santa Fe is the perfect vehicle to take us there. It has standard third-row seating, so I'm able to pack my entire family, plus pets, in the car while also having enough room for our camping essentials. Available H-Track all-wheel drive will get us through any dirt trails, and available dual wireless charging pads will ensure we never have to worry about getting stuck with a dead phone in the middle of nowhere. Visit HyundaiUSA.com. Or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real Steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. NFL Total Access is a production of the NFL in partnership with iHeartRadio. It's Monday, January 16th, and you're listening to NFL Total Access, the podcast. Those are the voices of today's special guests. Voice number one belongs to the co-host of NFL Total Access, the broadcast, the co-host of the NFL Explained podcast. He's a young man who isn't prone to fits of self-aggrandizement. He's not a peacock. He doesn't puff. He walks with purpose. And yet today, we will forgive him for any strut in the old giddy-up as he saunters through the halls of NFL media. With the knowledge that his New York Giants have survived and advanced, he's the sweet potato kid. He's Mike Yam. Welcome back, Yammer. When I tell you I am still on cloud nine, and it's it's rare when I get anything right, I'm going to pat myself on the back. I called this one. Yes, you I did. Said you the did. G- I did. I said the G-Men were going to. I said it last week. The G-Men are winning this game, and then they came through for me. He was doing reverse curse psychology (laughs) earlier in the season. Now he's just owning it, as you should. Well done. Voice number two belongs to a man from Iron Mountain, Michigan. The teacher, the professor, the coach. A man whose spirit is so warm and kind and generous and positive, he could have made a killing as a life coach. But instead, followed in the footsteps of his father, Ray, and devoted his life to coaching athletes. But he doesn't just coach. He inspires every day. And that's one hell of a legacy. He's the mooch. Steve Mariucci, welcome back, coach. (laughs) A life coach, huh? Oh, my God. Thank you. The money in life coaching may be every bit as good as NFL coaching, although in life coaching, I, I would guess it's not guaranteed money. I am your host, NFL Network senior writer, Andrew Levy, and on today's show, a look back at the five wild card round games already in the books and a look ahead 
to a divisional round slate, we already know, and of course one game that will be determined by tonight's boys and bucks game in Tampa. We are recording this podcast before kickoff, so we will not offer analysis or predictions for that game for reasons of timing and topicality, and truth be told, because we already did that on Friday. For me, guys, there is no singular headline for this opening weekend of the playoffs other than maybe best, period, league, period, ever, period. Coach, if you're writing a headline, what is yours? Well, uh, from this past weekend, a crazy game, a crazy win for the Jags. Who saw that coming? At halftime, most people went out to dinner and did something else, right? And uh, lo and behold, just what Doug Peterson said at halftime in his little interview, we're just going to have to chip away at this. We're just going to chip away at it. And you know what? They did, and they won, and it's that's that's huge. Mike M, I can only imagine if we were actually able to quantify the number of Jags fans who gave up at halftime, yeah. but also potentially the number of Chargers fans who thought, okay, listen, I've got X, Y, and Z to do. We've got this one in the bag. You know, we'll circle back at the beginning of the week. I was. Do a, you have a headline for this weekend? I, I'm I'm with with Coach on this one. You know, there was our digital team, they asked us to do picks. I, I was the only one who had picked the Chargers, only one who picked the Giants. I'll still smile about that one. I was feeling great at halftime. The one thing that struck me was what Coach had made reference to. How about this idea of no panic? And I think it's it's really front and center on that particular matchup, but I think there was no panic for the teams that were victorious. Buffalo got tested against Miami with the third string rookie quarterback that was out there. No real panic from Buffalo. And I think the same thing with Doug Peterson. Like those dudes were calm out there. Trevor Lawrence, for a guy that's in his second year to throw four picks like that, and then the second half, you know, we always say, like, hey, just just kind of flush those moments. Mike, it looked like it was a different game for him. That's half to a half. Prime example of certain positions in the league, like corner and quarterback. You have to have short-term memory yeah. because if you're just a normal human being and you throw four interceptions, you might get showered and dressed and escape and run away from home, okay? <laughs> or go in the tank. Don't no, rule it out. He didn't blink. He forgot all about it, and he just played almost the perfect second half. you got to be kidding me. It was incredible. Four of the five games that we saw already this weekend decided by one score or less. There was a three-point win. There was a one Point win. And the only real blowout, I suppose, featured a winning team that was losing at halftime. Coach, did what you see this weekend make you miss the sidelines, the headsets, the headaches? <laughs> no. <laughs> it was, I was kind of enjoying my vantage point by watching it on television going, oh my God, none of these are my problems or my thrills or anything. But you know, you watch those 49ers and Seahawks. First of all, good job by the Seahawks even getting to the playoffs. You know how young they were? And, and I don't know if anybody saw this coming because Geno Smith was asked to compete for the darn job with Drew Locke in the preseason. He wins it. All right, you replace Russell Wilson. Oh, by the way, you're going to have a, a rook, two rookie tackles and a rookie running back and some rookies starting on defense, but it's a rebuilding year. Well, all of a sudden, he wins enough games to get, get in the dance, and so good on them, but they're not the same team as the 49ers. 49ers are a really, really good football team. Yeah, they really are. We will talk about just how good they are in a moment, but I think you're forgetting when you say the name Geno Smith, Coach, you need to say Pro Bowl quarterback yeah. Geno Smith. 
What a Let's. year he had. He's, he broke the passing record over there at Seattle. And, 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 you know, he threw the ball more than Russ did. But but still, to a quarterback's job is to, you know, raise the level of talent around you. And, and he really did that. Uh, you know, it was it – was, he gave him a chance, gave the Seahawks a chance to draft somebody else early in that draft, build their team around him, and uh, worry about the quarterback uh, position at a later date. Let's worry about the quarterback position now, not specifically in Seattle, but – with regards to this weekend's games. Mike Yam, you could make a very compelling argument that the two best quarterback performances this weekend were not attached to names like Allen and Burrow, but instead to Purdy and Jones. In the biggest games of their lives, both Brock Purdy and Daniel Jones played the best games of their lives. Can this Daniel Jones and this Giants team, your Giants team, beat the top seed Eagles? The short answer is yes, but since you made this a quarterback conversation, can I just give a hat tip here? We, we, we're always going to focus on the wins, and I get that. Uh, Tyler Huntley and Skylar Thompson, yes. look, I get it, losses. I appreciate what you're about to do because this is important. Right, like they played well when the circumstances weren't exactly in their favor. The naysayers were there. Like they didn't lose. Baltimore didn't lose because of, of Tyler. I don't think Miami lost necessarily because of Thompson. I, I think you get thrusted into these situations in the postseason and you want to see teams at their best. They, Those two teams didn't have their, their, their you know, like they, Lamar wasn't out there and Tua wasn't out there and yet fought pretty damn hard. So just hat tip there. But I think to your point on Jones and Purdy, Purdy just continues to do what he does. And Daniel Jones, much maligned, fifth-year option not picked up, conversation that we've had on this podcast numerous times. What do you do with him? Like, I'm a Giants fan. I've been torn. Some some weeks, like this week, I'm like, yo, just pay this dude. He's my quarterback. And then other weeks of the season, I'm like, I cannot believe we might be going in this direction. And he, he played the game that you wanted to see. There were moments, and, and we didn't see a lot of this, and I don't know if Mooch or, or you, Drew, had the same thought. When Daniel Jones is running the way that he is in that first half, I'm like, oh, my God, wait for this big-time play-action moment where they're just going to be able to take this huge, deep shot and just crush the defense. Hodgins played well. They did all of that, and we still didn't see these massive explosive plays set up by that run. And I, I think it's a testament to how strong that game was, that ground and pound game. Like, Saquon looked good, and Daniel Jones, like, they just they ran it down their, their mouth. So I, I, I was impressed. I think the short answer is yes, they can beat the Eagles. I think Brian Dayball probably uh, sewed up, shored up, whatever the phrase is, the uh, coach of the year with that performance. Coach, I want to talk to you about another coach, about Kyle Shanahan. You know this team very well. You know Shanny. Who is he rooting for tonight? Because <laughs> the winner of tonight's boys and bucks game will go to Santa Clara to take on the San Francisco 49ers in the divisional round. And maybe you don't buy that motif that they're rooting. So maybe the better question is this. Who would Kyle Shanahan and this Niners team rather see, prefer to see, walking into Levi Stadium next Sunday, Dak Prescott or Tom Brady, and why? You know, just because we're neighbors up there in the Bay, you think I, had, I know how his mind works, okay? You know what? They've already beaten the Bucks. Yeah. I mean, like 35 to 7, and guess who was having his first start of his young career? I believe Brock, his name is Brock Purdy. He was Brock Purdy. And, uh, you know, Brock, Brock, by the way, why don't you start this game? And, oh, don't look at the other side because that happens to be the GOAT, uh, best guy ever, and uh, so don't be intimidated. Well, they won 35 to 7. So, you know what? I don't think they mind if the Bucks show up because they know they feel confident about that, even though it's a new game and all of that. And then that 49er cowboy thing is a thing. All right. And and uh, don't play all that often. Uh, but you remember they did play last year 
and the Niners won that game last year in Dallas when they were like one second short because he was trying to stop the clock with the spike and the ref spotted the ball late yeah, and the game's yeah, over. Yeah. Cra- crazy finish. But if you remember the 90s, man, whoever won that championship game between the Niners and the Cowboys would win the Super Bowl. Yes, sir. And, and then you remember the catch with Dwight Clark. Yes, so there's a, the, the fans there know the history of the Cowboys in the 49ers. So that would be a juicy, a sexy kind of a matchup. They would love that too. Mike Yam, coach is absolutely right. The Niners and the Cowboys, that's a thing. Of course, coaches uh, moaning, uh, even by proxy, about referees is also a thing. You notice a coach threw in the the referee spotted the ball late. That was clock (laughs) management. That was not the referee, coach. Okay, that's looking ahead. Let's look back. We're going to go in order until we go out of order, and we're starting with this. Play action, Purdy going to roll left, and he gets away from Bruce Irvin, throws on the run wide open, Elijah Mitchell, touchdown, San Francisco. Can we call him Playground Purdy? Final score, 49ers 41, Seattle Seahawks 23. Let's remember, guys, this game was 17-16 at the half. There's the kick. It's going to have the length. Is it going to get there? It is! It gets there, and the Seahawks stream onto the field as they head to their locker room. Pete Carroll celebrating that end-of-half field goal like it was an end-of-game field goal. Mike, yeah, maybe he knew what was coming and figured I better enjoy this while it lasts. What is your big takeaway from this 49ers victory? Comprehensive in the end. Yeah, so over 500 total yards of offense from a San Francisco perspective. So hat tip there, and and they deserve their love. How many times on this show have I said to you, Drew, and Moochie been with me, Give me the most complete teams in the NFL. And I said, hey, on the short list, it's the Niners, the Eagles. I would have said Buffalo. I think they're still there. The turnovers shake, or give me a, at least reason to pause. Yeah. The Niners right now, think about this offense. We've loved up their defense, historically good. I'd make the case I'd put them up against anyone this season in the NFL. This offense has been banged up at times. We saw them completely healthy with Debo, with Kittle, with Ayuk. We know what Christian McCaffrey has done. They, Of all the games this weekend, the most impressive thing that we saw was the San Francisco 49ers. And I think no matter what happens in the Dallas-Tampa Bay game, I think the Niners right now, Mooch, you and I were both in, in the Bay before the season. You've been, they've been your Super Bowl pick all season long. We, they have done nothing to disprove you. We're there for a full day at their yeah. training camp. And we, I think we both walked away from saying, you know what? If they're all healthy, look out. Because they have the best or near the best player at certain positions in the league. I mean, at many positions, whether it's left tackle or tight end or running back or or linebacker or fullback or you name it. They've got the defensive player of the year. They've got the the highest paid people in those positions for a good reason because they're really blue chippers. And if they're all playing, which they are now, Debo's back. Look out. Let's throw some numbers at the board right now. Brock Purdy, 18 for 30, 332 yards, three touchdowns, maybe more importantly, no picks. Run CMC, Christian McCaffrey, 15 carries, 119 yards, and yet his touchdown came through the air, that short receiving touchdown. It's an inside play action by Purdy. Cox to throw, not going to roll out to his right. Wide open, McCaffrey. Touchdown! Sam! 
Two touches, two explosives. You mentioned Debo Samuel. Yeah, he is back in a big way. Six receptions, 133 yards, including this. Purdy going to throw back middle, wide open. Debo Samuel down the sideline, 50, 40. Debo 30, Debo 20, Debo 10, Debo touchdown! San Francisco! 49ers, as we mentioned, get the winner of tonight's game. Mikey, and we heard Coach say that the Bucks may be the preferred team for the Niners to see walk through the doors next week. Let's keep in mind that if the Bucks do win tonight, Tom Brady's start next Sunday would be his 49th playoff start. 49th playoff start against the 49ers, the team that he loved as a child. Let's say that's the matchup. Would you give me a hypothetical first impression, Coach, of that matchup with that little statistical detail thrown in just for a little bit of spice on top? Yeah, and then uh, next podcast, you're going to say, Mooch, why didn't you draft him, okay, coming uh, out of Michigan? I will never ask you. And Enough so, people have and, asked you that. I don't need to ask you. <laughs> that's that. old. And so um, can you imagine that, though? That could very well happen. And, um, and, oh, yeah, by the way, he's a free agent. And, oh, by the way, there's already rumors starting about where he's going to play next year. Yeah. And so, it, what a, I mean, we just keep marveling about the career that he's had. And so th- this game tonight, you know, you just wonder, is it, will it be his last game if they were to lose? Yeah. Um, you know, it, we'll see what happens this season. But kind of looks like he's uh, headed. I think they should just throw him in the Hall of Fame next week and not wait five years. I mean, that's that's what kind of career he had. When you consider that the 49ers did end up running out, what is that, 18-point uh, winners, put 41 points on the board, and George Kittle had two targets, two receptions for... 37 yards, a forgotten man on the day, at least in the stat column, we know how much he does off the ball. That strikes me as being particularly scary. When you consider that Geno Smith was only sacked three times, I find that to be particularly scary because they weren't really at their best, that Niners defense. So I think to Yam's point about balance, about being complete. Are the 49ers the most complete team in the NFL? I've asked you before. You've said they are. Are they still in your estimation? Yes, they are. And the, the, the scary thing you mentioned about Kittle only having a couple catches. Well, there's only one ball to go around. And that just goes to show how many darn weapons they have, whether it's sharing a little bit in the run game or throwing it out there to Christian McCaffrey or, or Jennings or Brandon Ayuk or, yeah, Debo. I mean, you know what's interesting? Debo and Christian McCaffrey are like two peas in a pod. They are interchangeable parts. They are Christian's a running back that can play receiver, and Debo's a receiver that can play running back, and they both can do damage at any time. So there will be games that Kittle won't have but two catches, and there will be next week he might have eight or ten. That's how they're built. There, there's one play in particular, because I'm glad you brought that up, and, and Brian Baldinger, and I'll give him credit on this, and I know, Drew, you want to move on real quick here. Baldy broke down this thing on, on his Twitter account. There's this slight movement, because we always talk about Kyle Shanahan. They motion out Christian McCaffrey to Debo's side. It's basically two guys under. That frees up Brandon Ayuk, who's by himself because the safety bites. I would too, right? Like you see Christian McCaffrey and Debo underneath. Of course, you're going to go in that guy's direction. Brandon Ayuk picks up a huge play. Like moments like that and weapons like that, 
it's it's why Mooch has been on the Niners all season to win the Super Bowl. You know, uh, the future of Tom Brady entered this conversation. The fact that Brady was in this conversation at all is my fault, so I'll take that. But let's talk about another quarterback real quickly before we move on, whose future remains in doubt. After the game, Pete Carroll asked about Pro Bowl quarterback Geno Smith and seemed to indicate that his faith remains, that he sees Geno Smith being the quarterback of this franchise heading forward, whatever that means, certainly for the next year. Coach, if you're playing the futures market, are you buying Geno Smith stock? Yes, and, and if I know Pete and I know John Schneider very well, we kind of cut our teeth together in Green Bay, the GM for the Seahawks. I think they will gladly pay Gino and have him have the keys to the car for now because he's not going to break the bank. And if this, which which means those early draft choices they have, use them to build up their team, get some more starters on board. And if there's a quarterback like a Brock Purdy out there in the middle to late rounds, you grab him to develop. I see that as a very strong possibility. Yes, yes. Not an early quarterback, yep. but a middle to late quarterback for development. David Carr said something very interesting, that if Geno were to accept a slightly less than deal, allowing this team to have more cap space, to play a little bit more in the sandbox, so to speak, in terms of putting a roster, a real winning roster together, that that might be the key. I don't know Geno Smith. You never want to ask a man to take less than he's worth, and yet that does seem to be a winning recipe, doesn't it? Yes. A, a quarterback who is not making $50 million a year or even $40 million a year, take a little bit less so that the team around you can be better. Seahawks won a Super Bowl when Russell Wilson was on his baby contract, okay? Not, not that Geno's on his first contract, but he can be middle of the road, reasonable contract with incentives, and if they do great, yeah, pay the man, right? But Geno knows full well, too, that if they can use... T- 10, 15, 20 million dollars elsewhere to help him win games, that benefits his career as well, doesn't it? You go into your shower feeling tired, but as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. What's up? I'm John Wall. And I'm CJ Toledano, and we're starting a new podcast presented by DraftKings called Point Game. We're now joined by three-time NBA Sixth Man of the Year, elite bucket getter. Let's please welcome Jamal Crawford to Point Game. King of the Court one-on-one tournament. If they had it back in your prime, do you think he could have took it all? I'm going to be honest with you. I don't think I could have took it all, but I think I would have shocked a lot of people. I think Kobe and everybody in their prime, Kobe would win a one-on-one contest. 
Yeah, I, yeah, because you got to think, Love he's going to guard. He don't care about guarding. He's going to guard. He's going to exactly. guard. Like, you see him in the Olympics, exactly. he's going to guard. And then on I'm top of that. Like that, see that. Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome Sam Cassell to Point Game. I remember you came out from crying tears. <laughs> crying tears. I mean, he was in a culture shock. And then I, his, he's going to withdraw us about winning. Remember what I told you? I said, I said, OG, you think I can get paid and go back and play in college because he didn't need it. <laughs> Check out Point Game with John Wall and CJ Toledano on the iHeartRadio app, DraftKings YouTube, or wherever you get your podcasts. You are listening to NFL Total Access, the podcast. I'm your host, NFL Network senior writer Andrew Levy. Four games to go, 12 minutes to go. That means three minutes a game. Let's see if we can do this, guys. Next game, a tale of two halves. The first half belonged to the L.A. Chargers. The second half belonged to the Jacksonville Jaguars. Patterson's kick is up. The field goal is good! 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 The Jaguars have won it! The Jaguars have won it! They have come back from 27-0 to win the game and move on. How good is that? Final score, Jags 31, Bolts 30. Guys, this was the third largest comeback in playoff history. It was the largest blown lead in Chargers history. Trevor Lawrence, 28 for 47, 288 yards. Coach talked about this earlier. Four picks in the first half. Four touchdowns in the end to four different receivers. Mike Yam, can you explain what we saw in Duval? I I can. It's, you know, I I said no panic at the top of the show from a a Jacksonville perspective. I think from a Chargers perspective, I won't say panic. I'm not going to say that that happened in the second half. I think there's a difference between being in these moments and having that killer mentality. And the Chargers, to me, there's two moments in this game that resonate the most. I think one is the obvious one, the missed field goal that would have changed the complexion of this game, right? This is a 40-yarder. Dicker kicks it up. It is no good. He has missed it. He missed for the first time tonight and for only the... Second time all year long. The other was off of a punt. They were able to recover. First and goal situation. And this is a low kick. It better take a chart. Oh, it hit a jag. It hit a jag. It is up for grabs. And there is a scrub charger ball. I'm thinking in that moment, it's 24 to nothing. You get a touchdown here. I think you shatter for as much as Doug Peterson didn't panic. I think the the confidence shatters for that ball club. If it goes 31 zip as opposed to 27. Exactly. You settle for three there. Uh, I think to me, and I I wasn't in love with, with what we saw in terms of some of that play calling. And then on the other end, to not come up with a stop. So that defense stops you from getting a touchdown. They hold you to three in an awful situation, and the offense comes back to score. Heading into halftime, there were signs of life. And to me, those are the moments that completely dictated the end result. Coach, uh, we're not in the business of hiring and firing around here. I have no interest in putting any more heat under Brandon Staley today. The man has enough. He knows it. He feels it. It's not up for me to call it out. However, What is for us to call out are decisions, decisions made by coaches in a game with a 27 to zip lead in the second half coach eight times the Chargers rushed the ball in the second half. Only eight times did they rush the ball 
in the second half. Also, something that stood out to me is that when you looked at the play clock, when the ball was snapped, it was more often than not in the high teens. This is a team that gave away points, yes, but maybe more importantly, they gave away seconds. They were wasteful with time. Am I overstating that? Hmm. Those are good points. When you have a back like Austin Eckler, even though he was you know, 107 catches uh, in a game like this, you, you know, Mike, you just made some really, you, those are, that's a deep dive into some of the plays that you don't quite think about when you look at this game because there wasn't like a big pick six that changed the momentum. Herbert didn't throw an interception. So there had to be a million other little things, and the ones you mentioned were ended up to be bigger than little things. But, but uh the clock thing is something that uh, wasn't talked about until um, you just brought it up in my mind I, because that's what would be smart clock management for a quarterback with a 20-point lead is to work it down you know, as much as you can without, feeling, without the team feeling like you're in stall mode. All right, He can very easily hold him in the huddle for a little bit and then walk up and just take his time and then snap it around five or... or so five. those little subtleties those little are things, things to work on. I think those were, are things that when you second-guess yourself or when I was coaching, we would always do a little exercise after a game called make a hindsight sheet. So mm, you, you wow. just make, you, you, you do some things and you say, well, if, if and when we play these guys again, these are some of the things that we could do differently and, uh, and, and make those notes. I'm sure this would be a note uh, when you're up by 20 points to have the quarterback just manage the clock without anybody else knowing about it, you know, that they're not playing aggressively or you know, just slow down and chew up an extra 15 seconds each play. That's smart. Our friend and colleague Jim Trotter suggested today that as hot as the seat may be under Brandon Staley today, the Chargers are unlikely to make a change at head coach. Jim Trotter expects there to be changes made elsewhere, but that Brandon Staley is part of a big picture, long game vision for Dean Spanos and this Chargers franchise. So potentially we should stop tapping our foot if we are in fact looking for movement at the head coaching position in Los Angeles, at least with the Chargers coach. You know, Zach Taylor went to the Bengals where they win the first two years, like six games. Yeah. So the club had patience. Yeah. They liked him. They saw potential. They liked the direction, whatever that is. And thankfully, that that they didn't make a switch, you know. And, and here's a team that I think I think they like Brandon Staley. He did make the playoffs this year, so I I, I don't know if they're going to pull the plug on this. Every when there's chaos a little bit, and you know sometimes there's some sacrificial lambs that have to to go on your coaching staff. Unfortunately, but uh, you know maybe they just like the guy in the direction they're headed. And they're going to stick with it. Well, if you just put it on a curve, if you just have a line, we are seeing the line go in the right. Direction. The eye test can be appalling, and yet, yes, they didn't make the playoffs last year. They did make the playoffs list this year. They have a top-five quarterback in most experts' opinions. They have a back. They have a defense that on their day can be competitive with anybody in the NFL. They have the pieces. Is Brandon Staley the right piece? Hey, when there's news, we will give it to you. All I know is this. The Chargers became the first team in NFL playoff history to lose a game with a five or more turnover differential. You go into your shower feeling tired, but as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, 
your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day. And smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. What's up? I'm John Wall. And I'm CJ Toledano, and we're starting a new podcast presented by DraftKings called Point Game. We're now joined by three-time NBA Sixth Man of the Year, elite bucket getter. Let's please welcome Jamal Crawford to Point Game. King of the Court one-on-one tournament. If they had it back in your prime, do you think you could have took it all? I'm going to be honest with you. I don't think I could have took it all, but I think I would have shocked a lot of people. I think Kobe and everybody in their prime, Kobe would win a one-on-one contest. Yeah, I, yeah, because you got to think, Love he's going to guard. He don't care about guarding. He's going to guard. He's going to exactly. guard. Like, you see him in the Olympics, he's going to guard. And then on I'm top of that. like that, see that? Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome Sam Cassell to Point Game. I remember you came out from crying tears. <laughs> crying tears. I mean, he was in a culture shock. And then I, his, he's going to withdraw us about winning. Remember what I told you? I said, I said, OG, you think I can get paid and go back and play in college because he didn't need it. <laughs> Check out Point Game with John Wall and CJ Toledano on the iHeartRadio app, DraftKings YouTube, or wherever you get your podcasts. You are listening to NFL Total Access, the podcast. I am your host, NFL Network senior writer Andrew Levy. Brandon Staley may have been guilty of getting it wrong with regards to clock management. I am currently guilty as hell of being a clock management wasteful coach because we are down to five minutes, less than two per game. Let's go, guys. Next game, Bills 34, Dolphins 31. Ball comes out of his hands and is toward the end zone, picked up in Miami with the touchdown and the lead. He's going to take off and have a big time. No. Rowe with a hit. And Seymour with the recovery. The first lead of the game. Miami comes in and throttles Josh Allen. You mentioned the Bills earlier. Slightly worried about the Bills. Allen was sacked seven times. Picked twice. He had that fumble, of course, that ended in a touchdown for the Dolphins. The Dolphins had drops left and right. They were playing with a third-string quarterback, and they still were in that game to the end, only lost by three. I think it's a good sign for Mike McDaniel and this crew going forward. It may be a bad sign for the Bills. Oh God, I've been on the Bills bandwagon for most of this season, most of the offseason. I was ready to write off some of those red zone interceptions in the middle of the season. I'm like, look, like stuff like that happens. Like, you're not going to be perfect. Stephon Diggs was actually on on Total Access with us. He was like, he poo-pooed it as well. I, I'm getting worried now, Coach. Three giveaways, postseason. I don't, you know, my uh, M Rob put this out on social media, and I thought it was good. He felt like, from a play calling standpoint, the Bills need to protect. 
Josh Allen from himself, which I thought was a, a pretty good observation here. This is not going to be an easy game against Cincinnati, and I know we wanted to see this in Week 17. I'm glad we get to see these two teams or be played in Buffalo, um, which I think helps the Bills, but I'm, I'm a little concerned right Scale now. Scale of 1 to 10, what's your concern level for the Bills heading into the rematch from a game that never really took off, of course, for reasons that we all uh, shared and watched with such great concern over the health of DeMar Hamlin. But here they go again. Scale of 1 to 10, Coach, what's your concern level for the Bills? Yeah, thank God DeMar Hamlin's back in the building. Exactly. Boy, how motivating is that? I think Josh Allen is probably uh, taking an ice bath for the next few days. Yeah, without a doubt. He got hit a lot. He, he got, got hit 20, a lot. Two pressures in yes. that game. Seven sacks. Yes. And and now, now, now the Miami Dolphins defense, they'll line up with everybody on the line of scrimmage and play man and come after you. So he's going to take a lot of hits. He knew that. He's a tough guy. Uh, but sometimes he's almost too tough for his own good because he's going to stay in there or take off or stiff arm somebody. Or he's fighting to the very end. Um, so they, they, they've got to help him out and, and find a run game a little bit more so than just his legs. But uh, they're going to be playing the Bengals that have the same issues with offensive line right now. You didn't answer the question, Coach. You know, you're still grinding an axe about referees <laughs> placing the ball down too late in a game for the Cowboys. You never even coached the Cowboys. Nope. And now you're not answering my question. I'm going to hold you to an answer. Scale of 1 to 10, how concerned are you? 10 being the most concerned for the Bills heading into the division. I'm a 4. I mean, I'm optimistic. You're optimistic. The glasses, then go 3. And then go 3 in honor of Tamar Hamlin. There you Let's go. Change that to 3. Absolutely. That's why I have them in the Super Bowl, because they're a, they're a team on a mission. Concern level is 3. That's a shout-out to Tamar Hamlin. We are still thinking about you every single day, young man. Bills do get the Bengals next, as we have mentioned. Let's wait to hear Coach's first impressions on that game until after this. Huntley go. sticks the ball. Out. The Bengals have the ball. They are running it back. Sam Hubbard with blockers behind him. Hubbard to the Ravens 40, the 30, the 20, the 10, the 5. Touchdown! Bengals! Tyler Huntley tried to extend the ball over the goal line. It got poked away. Sam Hubbard scooped it up and ran the length of the field for a go-ahead. Bengals touchdown. Final score, Bengals 24, Ravens 17, the biggest play of the game. Could there be any other? It's being called, guys, a thick six. <laughs> now, Mike Yam, very quickly on this, yeah. you called out Tyler Huntley earlier, and he deserves to be called out. He played admirably in very difficult, challenging circumstances. But you said that you can't put this loss on him. Although I agree with you, after the game, John Harbaugh said that the play that resulted in Sam Hubbard's record 98-yard fumble return for a touchdown was supposed to be low and push as opposed to high and reach, which makes sense when you consider yeah. where they were. They were not one yard and in. They were outside the one yard line, which makes it very, very difficult unless you're eight feet tall to get the ball over. So that was a mistake on the young man. He may have panicked in the moment. It's a big moment yeah. to be in. What's your takeaway from this game? So situational football, Mooch, you know this, you've been on the sidelines. You're, you're probably ready to pull out your gorgeous hair in, in moments like that. The flow is still strong with you at this point. I got to know Tyler pretty well when he was in Utah, a really cere cerebral quarterback. I think, I used to work with a guy who used to say this all the time to me. He said, Mike, you know, the coaches, they can put X's and O's on the boards, but guess what, on game day, 
day, those X's and O's, they all move. And I think sometimes, and I don't know if it was a mistake, and Mooch, maybe you can speak to this more eloquently than I can. I just think the guy just did what he thought was right in that moment. And unfortunately, it wasn't right. It was wrong, and they lose the game. I think he watched the night before when Trevor Lawrence, yes. uh, from the one-yard yes. line, reached his long arm over yes. there. Yeah, Trevor's tall. Trevor drives to the end zone. It is good. He got it into the end zone. He spikes the ball. Trevor just takes the snap and does a Superman with the ball extended in his right hand. The long okay. arm of okay, the now, law. So look, Trevor's arm is like four inches longer than Tyler's, all right? But you know what? The Bengals' defense did a heck of a yes, job. Yes, they did. Because they went up and, and knocked it out yeah. uh, purposely. It wasn't it wasn't surprise. It was like they expected it. Without a doubt. And we do. You're right, Mike. We talk about situational football, and Coach, you're right to call out that in that situation, the unit that deserves the plaudits yeah. here is the Bengals' defense. They did what they had to do. They turned what was certainly about to be a seven-point deficit into a seven-point gap, a gap they never lost. Last game, Giants 31, Vikings 24. Toss left for Barkley, gets a block. Barkley to the 25. Barkley to the left sideline, to the 10, to the 5. Touchdown, Giants! Saquon Barkley on a 28-yard burst. Jones takes the snap, fires it deep into the end zone. Touchdown, Giants! It just ran the post. Jones to Hodgins, a winning combination, and the the Giants take the lead. We talked a little bit about Daniel Jones before. Coach, real quickly on this game, I can't believe I've left this little time. Bad coaching, bad clock management. Is Daniel Jones the MVP of wildcard weekend so far for you, sir? Absolutely. That, yes. The answer is yes. He, he, I don't want to say shock the world, but you know what? He played a great great football game. He looks like the real deal, like he's the franchise quarterback. Pay the man. He ought to be their guy. Passing numbers for Daniel Jones. He was 24 for 35, 301 yards, two touchdowns, no picks. Was he also the leading rusher for that team? Yes, as a matter of fact, he was. 17 attempts, 78 yards, no touchdowns, but man, he made up some serious, important situational ground with his legs. Under pressure, he's going to roll right and run. He's to the 40, turns to the sideline, stiff arms a man, and dragged down from behind at the 28 yard line. Daniel Jones picks up 20 yards on the play. He looked like the genuine article, Mike Am. You get the last word on your Giants. Scale of 1 to 10, how confident are you, 10 being the most confident, into a divisional round game against the devil you know, the Philadelphia Eagles? I think this is a toss-up. I, I truly do. Like, the Eagles have smashed them now two straight times. They haven't won the Giants in Philadelphia since 2013. Nine all straight losses, nine your straight. Giants in Philly. All the numbers will tell you one thing. Mooch, you said this in our meeting. This is a different Giants team now, and I still want to see what Jalen Hurts looks like. I know an extra week off yes, here. I would have thought we saw him in the New Orleans yes. game. That didn't happen, which to me means that there's maybe a more significant issue than we realize. Interesting. We will keep our eyes on that one. I want to thank today's special guests. I'm sorry we got so hurried there at the end. That wasn't a two-minute offense. That was a 14-second offense. And as you know, Coach, from being a Cowboys apologist, 14 seconds, not enough time. Not enough. One more second you need. Right? There you go. There you go. I want to invite all of you to join us tomorrow for a two-for-Tuesday edition of Total Access, the podcast. The two-for, in this case, two things about all eight teams left in the NFL tournament. A reason to believe and a reason to doubt. There's your two-for. We'll have it tomorrow. Till then, ciao for now.
NFL Total Access is a production of the NFL in partnership with iHeartRadio. For more podcasts from iHeartRadio, visit the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. You go into your shower feeling tired, but as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower... 37 minutes later, because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day. And smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. Hey, guys. Back at the playground again, huh? Yep. You know what this playground could use? A wine country. Heck, yeah. And some waves. So we could go surfing. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Redwood Forest would be cool. I'm in. Ah, ski slopes. Let's do it. Um, tenor girl go shopping. Yeah, baby. Wait. Did we just invent California? Discover why California is the ultimate playground at visitcalifornia.com. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more... Right now, you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details.